0: Mesech HaSkubas. Alright, so today's daf is daf Kuf Ches, page 108. The helik Kubus, we pick up four lines for the bottom of Kuf Zayin and Mabez, the Mishnah, four lines for the bottom of 107B. We learned this Mishnah yesterday, let us review, let us Chazer, fascinating Mishnah, we have a number of Mishnahis on today's daf, let's get going. Misha Halacham If a husband goes overseas, Somebody else stands up and supports the guy's wife. This guy's obligated to support his wife. He doesn't. He leaves town. Somebody else steps in his place. The question is whether the husband's going to have to reimburse the guy who supported his wife when he comes back. So Hanan Hanan says, Whoever helped out the wife does not get reimbursed. He lost his money. Why? The husband never asked you to do him any favors. He never asked for it. You want to be a nice guy on your own? Very nice, that's very kind of you, but that doesn't obligate me to give me any money back. Okay? okay. However, <laughs> the church argue on and they say, no, 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 no. You cannot say that the, you know, we'll call Shimon, the guy who supported the, the wife, doesn't get reimbursed. Rather, <laughs> Shimon should swear how much money he spent on Ruben's wife while Ruben was gone and he could take that amount from Ruben. Amr Rdais Bin the Rabdaisa agreed with the children of the Kahanim Gadilim that Shimon could be reimbursed. However, Amr Bechamazaka, Yaf I agree with the first opinion that he doesn't get reimbursed. This is the expression we ended yesterday with, and that is Shimon, who took care of Rubain's wife, basically put a pouch of money on the horns of a deer. If you are to do that, you can expect. Your money to be gone. Let bygones be bygones. You can expect that deer to run. That's what deers do when it's out of here. So, you, very nice of you, but nobody has to reimburse you. All right. That is the machaikas in the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, we in a, we learned in a Mishnah in our next Mesechta, in Somebody makes a nether uh, from his friend. Okay, now what's the nether? He makes a vow, Reuven makes a vow that Shimon cannot benefit from him. Or Shimon makes a vow that he won't benefit from Reuven. Be it as it may, Shimon is not allowed to benefit from Reuven. Sheikalei shiklai. Even though you're not allowed to benefit, listen to this, this is fascinating. is not allowed to benefit from Reuven because of a vow. However, Reuven can pay Shimon's half shekel responsibility for him. He can pay, he, he can pay out the half shekel. The Gemara will explain why. He can even pay off his debts. Ruven can pay off Shimon's debts after swearing that is not going to benefit from him. It's also it's going to be a big chiddush. The Gemara will explain how can you do that. He can even return his lost property. Okay? It's not a major chiddush. It's a mitzvah as we'll see. So you got to do a mitzvah. It doesn't matter what your nether is. And... In a place where the custom was that when somebody returned a lost object, they were paid for their time, effort, and/or loss or work, Shimon can't really pay Ruven directly because, again, there's not allowed to be any benefit. So tipol hanola he's going to pay whatever was meant to go to Ruven. The benefit that instead he's going to pay it to Hektish. This way, nobody is really going to be on the receiving end of uh, of benefit ruve won't get paid. And Shimon's not going to receive the benefit of getting something without paying because ultimately he is paying. So we covered our bases over there by saying give the money to Hectish. Says Igmar to go through these four um, permitted scenarios that they could uh, work together in even after a vow, it makes sense why he could pay his half shekel, mitzvah covered. Because it's a mitzvah. So what? So the, the Gemara explains something fascinating. The Gemara says that the Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah, When they would separate the half shkallim, the Beis English itself actually added half shkallim to cover those who wanted to give and didn't give, those who sent and the money didn't make it all the way, so on and so forth. Ultimately, even if somebody doesn't have their half shekel handed in right now, they receive their mitzvah whether or not they sent in the half shekel because of the additional half shekelum that are put in on their behalf. Okay, so the Gemara says that's why it's not considered a full fledged benefit. You're going to get your mitzvah anyway. We, could, we, we understand why even after a nether, he's allowed to return a loss of, of lack of benefit. He's allowed to return a lost object. Mitzvah of it. The Torah says you're obligated to return a lost object. Finished. This, that you're still allowed, Reuven could pay off Shimon's loans. After making an oath, a vow, that Shimon can't benefit from him, he could pay off his loan? How come ishtarshile? Certainly your Shimon's benefiting from this. His loan's being paid off. So I'm you know It's following the opinion of Ma'isav. Of Hanan, and this is how this comes full throttle, comes, I'm sorry, comes full circle, who says in our Mishnah that he's going to lose his money. Okay, now we're assuming that the reason why Hanan in our Mishnah says that, he, that if, if Shimon pays off for Uvain's uh, Chiyuvim to the wife, he doesn't get paid back, it's because of the same logic that we're saying over here. Just because you didn't take a loss, is not considered benefit, okay? Benefit means you're getting more back than what you spent. If you're not getting more back than what you spent, it's not considered a benefit, hence, the, it's mutter over here. So that's Rav answer. Rav Aam, says, no, if you team Rabbonon, you could say that the Mishnah is following even the opinion of, that not following Hanan's opinion, the Bnei Kahanim G'daylem, and here, what are we dealing with? lipara, where somebody borrowed on condition that he doesn't need to pay back. Now, what do you, if you don't need to pay back, so now uh, you didn't borrow it, you took it as a gift. So Rashi explains that it's not that he never needed to pay back, but he didn't need to pay back by a specific time. Now, if Ruvain lends money to Shimon, and Shimon indefinitely, uh, you know, has indefinite amount of time, to pay back. So can Reuven ever go to Besden and demand the money? No, he can never go to Besden. He never has a way to get the money. Therefore, if let's say somebody were to come along and pay off the loan, he's not necessarily bringing direct benefit to the debtor because the debtor didn't anyway need to pay off the loan. You understand? So what's happening here is, how can you pay off a loan? The answer is, you're not benefiting me. Anyway, there was no set time I had to pay off the loan. So now you paid it off? What, what is it helping me right now? Is it ever helping me? It help me now? No. It's help me tomorrow? No. It's help me in a year? No. It's help me in 10 years? No. Anyway, I don't need to pay back the money. I don't need to pay back? Okay. Fine. Maybe my estate's going to have it. It's an indefinite. Therefore, it's not considered a benefit. Hence, he's allowed to pay off. It says the Gemara. Ravah wants to make the Mishnah fit in with the children of the Gedolim, and which is the opinion of the Rabbanon, and we like doing that. Uh, Ella but Ravashia establishes Mishnah like Hanan. Why would he do that? My time of the Why wouldn't he hold that like Ravah? Why is he establishing the Mishnah like Hanan as opposed to like the Rabbanon, Amalach Ravashia? is going to respond, Nehi granted, al Lesley, that when it's being paid back, the borrower is not receiving any direct benefit. However, Kisufa mi Lesley, financially he's not receiving benefit, but really he is over here. He is over here. You know why? He, he is receiving benefit in a different way. And that benefit is, he's not going to be embarrassed anymore. Granted, there's no date that I need to be paid off so nobody could really mun me for the money. See, so now that you paid me off, what'd you gain from me financially? You know, Anyway, I would have had to pay. But as far as embarrassment is concerned, that's considered a gain. He says, because he's not going to be embarrassed anymore. For not, for, for not having had to pay the loan. Same So that's how the borrower is receiving benefit because he's, he's no longer going to be embarrassed by whenever he passes by the lender and not having paid off that loan. Period. End of that gemara. Okay. We're now up to the next Mishnah. Fascinating Mishnah. Listen to this. Shiva. We said the two halachas of Hanan, and we said Admain gave seven halachas. And here we go. Seven decrees. A guy dies, and he's got sons and daughters. He's got a lot of money. When there's a lot of money, the sons get the money, and they have to use that money to support the daughters. And there's enough for everybody. However, listen to this. If there's not enough for everybody. Now Rashi explains here, we're dealing with, there's not enough to support them for up to 12 months. Then, the daughters are fed by whatever is left behind. And the boys need to go knocking on doors to collect money. But the girls are supported first before the boys. Admin, Aymer Admin says no. He says, Because I'm a man, I should have to knock on doors and the girls get fed. Al-Mil, Al-Mil says, I agree with Admin. Now this is a fascinating expression. Admin's like, he's basically saying, you know, He's like, It's not fair. Because I'm a boy? Now, and there's not enough for everybody, therefore I shouldn't have to, ha- I, you know, I, I shouldn't have to, uh, uh, I, sh- I, uh, I should have to go knocking on doors for Zelofer. listen to this Gemara. Gemara says, my Kamar, what's he's Amr Abay says, now, let me explain Adam, this is not a, I've been saying a good logic over here, he says, because I'm a man who's able to learn Torah, I should lose out, now that doesn't make much sense either. Says Rav, Rav says what Tyra, Lima, what are you talking about? Where does being involved in Tyra play any role in inheritance? Let's you have a guy who dies, he's got two sons, one's in Kail and one's in business. Do you say uh, it makes a difference whether or not you're involved in Tyra? If you're in Kail, you get the inheritance. If you're in business, you don't get the of course not. Inherit- a son's a son. Inheritor is an inheritor. So w- what's happening over here? So to clarify all this, says the Gemara, let me explain what's happening here. What admain meant in the Mishnah is, because I'm a male, who usually, if there's enough money, gets the, gets the inheritance. When there's enough money, we'll, 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 achieve, we'll receive the head. Inheritance. Now if now there's less money, I don't get anything. Where does that subara come in? Where does that logic come in? And that's the logic that Admin's bothered by. Okay? Again, if when there's enough money, I get it. Now when there's less money for me, I shouldn't get it. Where's the logic in that? That's what's bothering Admin and why he argues on the, uh, um, on the opinion of the Tanakhama. Okay, next Mishnah. Okay. Armin says, again, there's seven decrees. So number one was that Armin disagreed about whether or not, if there's not enough for up to a year, that the sons have to knock on doors. Also, somebody says to his friend, you owe me jugs filled with oil. I deposit it by you, whatever it is. I have jugs of oil. You have jugs of oil that belong to me. And the guy who, is, who the claim is against says, I owe you jugs. I don't owe you oil. So again, Ruvain says to Shimon, I have jugs filled with oil by you. And Shimon says, you have jugs by me without oil. Which do we consider this to be a ma'ida b'miktsas, an admission of a a partial admission against the claim, which obligates a biblical oath? So Adman, Adman says, since he agreed to part of the claim, Yisshava, he has to swear. Reuven claimed oil and jugs. Shimon agreed to jugs. Memela, he's got to take an oath. Chama and say no. It's not considered partial. You know why? He's agreeing completely to the jug and he's disagreeing completely about the oil. Gamil says, I agree with Admin that this is considered a, a might case. It's considered a partial admission and you would be obligated in. Shmami other rabban, be clear enough from the Abbanon says the Gemara to Anu Chitin Rubin says to Shimon, uh, You owe me wheat and barley. Shimon agrees he owes barley. Potter. He's Potter. He doesn't need to take an oath. Let's, let's say there's an upsurger of Nachon Arashwal, Dhamma of Nachon Arashwal, Tanu Chitinu If he demands Chitin and Sirem, it's considered a Dhamma Mixas, which argues on the statement of Lachachacham. Amma says to No. Over there, we're dealing with a case where he wanted a specific amount. Of oil, okay, meaning th- this that he said Kankanim is not saying that um, uh, there, there's I don't know you any oil at all. he's disagreeing in the measurement of the oil, says the Gemara Ihi, my time why does Armin say that um, I'm sorry, yeah yeah, what's the swara for Armin that he's obligated to take an oath? there's no May that that's happening at all. you understand? If somebody says you owe me jugs filled with oil, and somebody says I, uh, somebody, or or you have a different case where somebody says you owe me wheat and barley, and the guy agrees completely to wheat, the agreement, the uh, admission, we'll call it, to what is owed is completely different, separate from what the claim is. Over there, everybody would agree that there's no ma'ida us. So why are we saying that over here? Alamarab, Rabba says, the Kuliyama, everybody agrees, Hecha Damalay, Malaya Sarah Kadi Shaman Be Bh uh Bebarcha. If Ruby says to Shemon, I have filled ten jugs of oil, be barcha in your pit in your well, Sheman Kuta inlay. So if you're saying I have ten jugs of oil, what he's demanding is oil. Kankanim. Let's say uh what about the jugs? Lai tonlay. He's uh, like a ton He's not claiming the jugs. All he's all he's focusing on is the oil specifically. Even though, you know, even though he said malaya sora, he said filled with ten. You're focusing on the oil. You're not focusing on the jugs. Um, asara kadei shemen yeshli What if he says I have ten jugs that are full of oil? So now you mention everything specifically. Shemen so now he is demanding; he's claiming both together. If somebody were to deny one or the other, it would be considered a partial admission. You'd be obligated an oath. Ki pligi, where is the machlekas in our mishnah? Heichadamarle, where Ruben says the shemen, "Asara kadei Shemen ten jugs of oil, Yeshli etzicha, I have by you." 10 jugs of oil I have by you. Did he say they are Malay? No. He just said 10 jugs of oil. So Alman says, and What he means is, jugs and oil. You said that 10 jugs of oil, you want the jugs with the oil. And therefore, if you admit partially, if you admit to to the jugs, not the oil, that's exactly what they make. Rabban and Sarabim, the Rabban argue, and they say no, Kan if you say 10 jugs of oil, what you're really focusing on is the oil, and the 10 jugs is merely giving me the amount of oil that you're claiming you have. But if somebody were to admit that they have one over the other, that's not considered, it's not considered a maidebe mikzas. Says the Gemara, <clears throat> Ella, Taima uh, uh, Ella, rather, Taima, the reason. The In that we don't include in this expression, that we're dealing with jugs specifically. But let's say there would be a mention of jug specifically, Chayev. You'd say it would be part of the claim, and an admission to the jugs would be considered a Mayda Bemitsa. Let's say this is an upslug on Rukhia Baraba, Baraba, because Rukhia Baraba says, if let's say ruvein. Uh, claims that he has wheat and barley And Shimon agrees that he has One, wheat or barley Potter is going to be potter From a this, Meaning As far as Halacha is concerned Everybody would agree That when he's specifically claiming both items When Shimon Who the claim is against Admits to one of them that is a ma'ida B'miksas, which is not like ravhiya baraba and just the gemara no Bar-Ashi, barashi remind we consider it like somebody who's uh, claiming a uh, claiming from shimon that uh, he wants he that he, he wants a remind a remind with its peel meaning the same way a, an oil goes into a jug where else do you store? Oil? Do you store oil? Nowhere. It goes in a jug. Yeah? The same way a pomegranate seed belongs inside of a pomegranate peel. So when somebody mentions the jugs um, and, uh, and oil, we're going to consider it like he's making one claim. And if Ruvain claims, "I want oils, and I, you know I want 10 jugs of oil." and we consider that all one thing, Shimon agreeing to one over the other is going to be considered a maideb amikzas. Says the Gemara, Masler, Ravina Rima, Blake Lipos, Minter, Shemin, Minter, Blake Ankanim. You can't compare the two because a seed needs its peel in order to exist. Oil doesn't, could exist even without its jug. How so? Put in something else. You're, granted, usually oil is inside of a jug, but it's, it's, it doesn't need a jug. You can put oil into anything you want. So ask the Gemara if, if you can put oil into anything you want, why don't we view the oil and the jug independently? If somebody admits to the jug without the oil, it shouldn't be considered a mighty us. We're back to our question on Ravhiya Bar Abba, to which the Gemara says, Allah, hachamayaskinan, rather, what are we dealing with? The Omar lay. Ruvain says to Shimon, Asara Kade I have ten barrels, I have ten jugs of oil that you're holding on to. And Shimon says, Sheman Me I don't know what you're talking about, oil. You hear this? I don't talking about oil. He says, I have jugs of oil. says, I have jugs of oil by you. And Shimon responds, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have oil. And as far as the jugs, you should know, you gave me five, you did not give me ten. So Shimon's saying, ain't no oil, and as far as the jugs, there I might don't have. There's included in this, and therefore, the might have mixed rice. Yeah, He agrees on half Mishtaba Once you're swearing about the jugs already, Mishtaba There's something called a Gilgul Shruah, where you can't demand sh- an oath is taken on something specifically, but once an oath is already in place in a Bezdin, it's much easier to add onto that tab and say, you know, once you're swearing, let's add this on. So again, Ruven's claiming oil and jugs. Oil and ten jugs. Ten jugs for oil. Shimon says there ain't no oil and there's only five empty jugs. So we're going to say it like this: make an oath on the jugs because you admitted to part of the jugs. Once, you had, once you're taking an oath on the five jugs, you can add the oil to the tab and say to Shimon, once you're swearing that you only got five and not ten jugs, you're going to have to swear you didn't get any oil as well. For Zabdarman say no. What they, uh, what he was claimed against, he never admitted. Never admitted to any sort of oil, and what Shimon admitted to him that wasn't his. Uh, that wasn't his initial taina, his initial claim. Okay, so the bottom line is, says the Gemara. Even according to the Chachamim, we're going to say. Where it's a case where it's similar to the oil, the the barley and the wheat, each one stands individually, each one stands on its own, and no shvuah is going to be required at all on the oil, which is like Ruchiyah Baraba. So of Baraba has wiggled out of this one, and we have no uh, we have no way that we blew him out of the water. Okay, that was halacha number two of Admay, and that takes us down to the bottom line of today's daf. Let's keep going. Let's turn the Mishnah and get on to the top of tomorrow's daf. Says the Gemara. If you have a father-in-law that um, agrees to give a specific amount of money to his son-in-law. Okay? Son-in-law, he says, listen, you marry my daughter, I'll give you X, Y, and Z. Which is an expression. Pasha Leiserregel means he stuck out his foot. He tried to trip him. In other words, he ain't paying. So when the son got married, the father agreed he's going to give the couple a specific amount of of uh, money. And now Pasha Leiserregel, he's not. He decide he's not going to be paying off. Okay, says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. Top of tomorrow's daf. Teishev ad shetal Raisha. Reisha. You hear this? The, she should sit until her hair turns white okay which means until she gets older the halacha is that well, Rashi explains we're dealing with an arusa so they, they he, you know they had the acquisition he already put a ring on her finger they're already married they didn't do nisuin. they didn't move in yet the father says I'm not giving you money to, to move in together so the chasin the husband has the right to say fine so we won't move in we won't move in if we can't be supported in that way and I, I can't start a new home so we won't move in, we'll wait. Fine, that's the Tanakama. Now, remember earlier we learned that once you hit 12 months from the day that you agreed to get married, you're going to start at being obligated to feed the wife. From this mission, it seems here's an exception. Okay, Admin says, The wife can say, If I promised you that there'll be money here, and I don't follow through. Okay, so a lady's as good as her word, right? But now that it was my own man that promised it to you and he's not following through, why should I suffer because of my own man? Either let's get married or divorce me. That's it. I, you, you can't make me sit here. That's what adman holds. Okay. Uh, Rav Gamliel says, Raya ani as admain, I agree with the words of Admin, meaning when it's the father who's the one who commits the money, and it's not the daughter, he has no right the daughter has no right. The the husband has no right to keep the daughter uh to keep the daughter uh, waiting for the marriage, for the father to uh, for the father to fo- to follow through. Rather she has a right to tell him either bring it bring me in or uh, or divorce me okay that uh, that will be the end of uh, of today's of uh, today's DAF.